Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402-99 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. Thank you so much for joining the We Don't Play podcast today, Yuval. How are you? I'm very good, favorite. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're most welcome. You know, it's it's just beautiful how we were able to connect. Shout out to Podmatch, and you know, this is this is what I love about communication and staying in contact because sometimes people wonder how do you meet all these people you've never met before, but you know them. And I'm like, that's just how the world works. You know, we we, we go to the grocery store, we go to the mall. We meet people, but we don't interact with them. So it's kind of like the same thing, but we do it intentionally. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. We'll talk about intention a lot, I think, today. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Let us know more about you, Yuval. Who is Yuval and what does she do? Well, I have many hats, but um, today I think we'll only talk about one of them, which is uh, my hat of ethical email strategy and copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a small business who's doing just that, um, and I help entrepreneurs and business owners to basically nurture a love-love relationship, both with their list and email subscribers as well. You're heavy on email. Exactly. And a lot of people don't know the value of email marketing even if they do they don't understand it quite fully so if let's say and it's happened before all social media breaks down shuts down and you know you ha- you still have your email list i don't i've never heard of email shutting down you know how does that play a role into your ethical copywriting and visibility I, I, I absolutely love this because, you know, social media is, is the middleman and even though we've seen all kinds of changes in the past year or two and people are coming up um, coming up and coming out as uh, more authentic and more like themselves, it's still a very, first of all, a very fake world in my opinion mm. and second of all, yeah, as you said, we don't own it if it's shutting down, if it's crashing we have no access to anything. And email is one of those amazing platforms, as you said, that you own yourself. And if anything and everything crashes, you still have your contacts, still have people that you can talk to. And more than anything, you're talking to people that consciously choose to be on your list. Um, They want to hear from you. And so I think it's such an amazing, opportunity for anyone to develop such a first of all authentic relationship and also own a platform so to speak and thirdly reinvent the rules of the game because Mm. with your emails you can do whatever you want design wise copy wise anything wise and there is no algorithm so to speak that is kind of pushing your email down or anything like that, like you would see on social media. 
That is true. That is so true. And I love the fact that you said that people give their email address. That's a transaction. When mm-hmm. someone leaves their email address, they're telling you, contact me. And some people feel like when they get their email address, and I've fallen victim of it myself, where you send me your email address, but I don't contact you because I'm kind of scared or I have that imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know what you're going to think if I send you an email today. Is it too early? Is it too late? Like, there's always that thing going on. But sometimes you're just like, you know what? I'll send it. And you never know what comes back. Sometimes you don't even get a response. Sometimes you can get uh, um, a crazy amount of responses. Oh, I didn't know. Thank you. Oh, another question comes in. But how exciting and how frequent should emails be sent out? Is it once a month, twice a week, four times a week? How does it go? Let me split my answer into two. Okay. First of all, you mentioned imposter syndrome, which is something that I'm suffering from as well. Just to be transparent about that. So I really get that business owners and entrepreneurs and companies are kind of scared of sending that first email after um, someone is subscribing. But I would actually encourage people to think about the statistics and the data that was collected about those emails. Usually we're talking about either a single email, but most um, pop, I mean, it's most more popular that uh, you actually send a whole sequence and that's called a welcome sequence. And the data shows that most subscribers, the new ones, actually expect you to send such a sequence to get to know you better. We're talking about, I think, around 80% or 70% of new subscribers, which is a lot. And as you said, Favor, there are so many ways and times when you just send something you don't hear from your subscribers for weeks or months. And then all of a sudden, your subscriber is ready to make another another transaction, like a sale, like a reply. There are so many ways uh, that those amazing transactions can happen. So. First and foremost, I really do encourage everyone who's listening now who doesn't have a welcome sequence to actually think of one. And the second part of my answer has to do with follow your intuition. There is no magic formula to how many times you need to to send emails to your list, but you definitely don't want to ghost your list as well. So. I would actually ask your list, hey, how how much is enough? How much is too much for you? For some business owners and for some audiences, it would be once a day. And that's completely fine. Me personally, I know that my audience is more than fine with having one email from me every week. But if I also send it once a month, that would still be fine. And the reason here is that every email that you send has to be packed with value. So the consistency that we're talking about here is not the consistency of how many times that you send an email every week, every month, every year, let's say, but how much value are you actually giving your subscribers? Mm. So I want to kind of shift the perspective from the frequency of how many so quanti- uh, quantity yeah. yes and actually shifted toward quality i love that quality definitely beats quantity anytime because 
if you have a podcast or if you have a book or if you have a show and you're producing episodes weekly instead of sending them hey here's a new show this week you can say here's what we've been doing all month and then they have four options to choose from rather than getting one email a week and they're like okay i didn't open this one i didn't open this one so it kind of gives you that way to still stay connected to them and they're looking forward to the next ones because those four episodes could take them four weeks to finish yeah exactly and and i love that you mentioned the idea of choice um that's something that i think the email marketing room still has to um, adopt a bit more i don't think we give enough of a choice to our subscribers and i really encourage our listeners to think of themselves when they send emails as well as asking their own audiences what would they like to get and how frequently as well as we mentioned yeah um but where was i going with this i had a i had an idea and it slipped my mind but i wanted to say something like hmm <laughs> lost my train of thought where was i <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> you know we we're talking about um choice you talked about the power of choice choice yeah. yes so um asking yourself what is it like that you would like to receive as well so we touched a little on the welcome sequence i found out that my subscribers actually appreciate the fact that i'm giving them the choice to opt out only from the welcome sequence but stay on my list and when i implemented this choice into my sequence i saw the statistics completely change mm. and so many more people just stayed on my list and that just goes to show that by empowering your subscribers and not dumbing it down basically for them as well and seeing them as equals you can get so much more out of your email list. And so please give your subscribers the choice to make empowered decisions. And I guarantee you, you will see it come back tenfold. I love that. I love that. That is definitely where quality really stands out the most. And it's about giving them that option to choose. Because if they don't like this first episode, they might like the second one. They might like all of them. They may not even like any, but you gave them a choice. So it kind of puts the ball in their court and leaves you on the sideline to watch what's going to happen. Exactly. And at the same time, I also want to emphasize that email marketing, um, ethical email marketing, is still some kind of a dance that you're leading. I think there's nothing wrong with pushing the envelope just a bit, every once in a while and see how your partners your subscribers are actually reacting to this and so it's a very gentle dance but you're the leading one so you have to stay very in tune and very um what's the word that i'm looking for you have to really listen to the reaction and some reactions can be also <laughs> deafening silence by the way and that's that's also a reaction that uh, we need to basically look into but leading the stance sometimes pushing the envelope a bit more but still you know listen be open to feedback and you know you you mentioned a ball in in a court i'm actually thinking of the of 
ethical email marketing as as a dance in a ballroom. Mm. So a different kind of ball. I like that. You know, there are different balls to play with. You know, it's either you're on this side of the court or you're on this side of the fence. It depends on what you want to do. And that also gives people that analogy to think about what they're trying to say. Because some people don't even know what to say in an email. And they actually say, hey, I don't know what to tell you, but I just wanted to reach out. And that in itself is so authentic because the person reading it feels like at least you thought about sending me a message. It's what it's a thought that counts. Sometimes you may just get a a pebble rock. <laughs> it may not be so you know significant, but but the fact that I thought about you when I picked it up shows that you are in my mind before I saw you, which shows how much value you actually appreciate the person and people don't think about those things too. Yeah, and and that reminds me of, you know, the entire personalization um, issue or topic. Um, A lot of people kind of think when they're writing their newsletters that they're writing to so many people. And sometimes they are writing it to so many people, you know. If you think about it, I'm an introvert. If I would try to imagine my subscribers all in my apartment or in a venue or whatever, I might have had a panic attack but um that's not the point in the end of the day your subscriber wants to know that you wrote the email for them just for them they don't care about anyone else we're quite self-centric and self-absorbed in a good way in a good way um but you want to kind of create and recreate this feeling that hey i wrote this just for you i wrote it just for you and i thought of you when i um when I wrote this email, when I wrote this newsletter. And I can give you a tip here, which is whenever I write a newsletter to my list, I pick one of the people on my list that I know a bit better. And before I send the email, I actually read the email out loud to see if it makes sense. And whenever there's a first name uh, kind of personalization tag happening, I am reading it with this person in mind. And then, to me, it, it makes sense. If it makes sense to me when I'm reading it out loud, then it will make sense for them to read it as well. And a funny story actually is that the person, I just sent an email today to my list, and the person that I thought of, and I wrote, um, and I thought of her name and read her name out loud while reading my email, she actually replied to my email just a few moments afterwards. So that just goes, to show that you know, nurturing a healthy relationship with your list is more important than chasing all kinds of data and points and um, I don't know, using all kinds of sleazy tactics um, that will not serve you or your audience right. So really try to think what you would like to get as a part of you know a newsletter or an automation or some kind of a drip as well as, you know, ask your clients, ask your subscribers, what is it that they would like to hear? What would they would they like to read from you? Mm, that is really good. Thank you for bringing that up because now what came to my mind was this. <laughs> when you write an email, it's also another two-part question. Do you prefer to switch it up a few times and send let's say very short email threads and then sometimes like literally write an epistle 
<laughs> and just like a whole scroll. And then the second part to that question is text only versus images, GIFs, and videos. What's the best way to go about it? Well, to both, I would say it depends. Okay. It depends on your audience. It depends on your preference as well. Um, but I do want to touch a little on the entire, you know, graphics and GIFs and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't want to alarm anyone, but your email needs to be as light as possible. So uh, whichever email provider, whichever inbox, Gmail, Outlook, whatever, um, would actually put it in the right uh, inbox or folder and not the spam one or block it completely. So this has a meaning as well. I'm not saying don't use GIFs at all. No, not like this whatsoever. I use GIFs whenever I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but don't make it, you know, super, super heavy. So that's one. In terms of, you know, the length of your email, that really depends too. I mean, I like writing a bit of a, you know, longer emails on the longer side. So like 600 to 800 words sometimes. But today I sent something that I think was no longer than 300 words. And I know um, email strategists and copywriters who sometimes send literally, and I mean literally, a one-liner. And that one-liner is a link to something super, super useful. So going back again to the entire question of value, um, it doesn't matter how long your email list, uh, your email is, or your, you know, how frequently do you send an email? Make it valuable. Yeah. Always. That is good. Thanks for highlighting that because some people don't know that, especially when it comes to a spam folder, because they're like, "Oh, I didn't get your email." But all my threads have been in the spam and I didn't know because I've been throwing gifts at you and you didn't know <laughs> what to take. You know, you didn't know where it was. So when you figure it out, you say, okay, this is not spam. Then your inbox actually gets to understand that as you go along. But there's something that really captures my attention, which I wanted to touch on as well, is when, when we talk about text only, and then you hyperlink your text, which is like an anchor text for SEO terms. When you do that, as opposed to like having a button that says buy now or, a, you know, color psychology, the button is blue or it's yellow, it's green. What do you think? And I know you may say it depends as well, but, <laughs> but like what is the best way and approach to go about it? Should you combine, you know, the hyperlink text, keep it plain, simple? or have those buttons that people can tap on and just scroll through? Well, you kind of started answering my uh, <laughs> this question yourself, uh, but to this I actually want to say there's a wonderful part of email marketing which is called A-B split testing, which is basically sending the same campaign or the same email with different features. So sometimes you would actually try to see, to see whether um, your subscribers actually react better to hyperlinked links or to buttons. Sometimes it would be different colors of buttons. Sometimes it would be, I don't know, you can play around with it however you'd like. Sometimes it's different subject lines, um, pre preview lines. Um, there are so many things that you can play around with. So I really encourage whoever is listening to use this tool 
and A-B split test everything and see what works best for your list. That's spot on. That is so spot on. Thank you so much for highlighting that because now a lot of people are going to do that. And when you started saying split test, in my head, the first thing that came to my head was open rate versus click-through rate. And I know the average click-through rate is, I think it's between 10 and 20%, I believe. I don't know, I don't know the exact number. And then for click-through rate, I think it's I think it's five to ten percent. Don't quote me, guys. But <laughs> this is something that I would love to touch on to know. Okay, if you're having a much higher open rate in a in a smaller close rate compared to a smaller close uh, click-through rate, sorry, as uh, as opposed to a smaller open rate and a bigger click-through rate, where do you see the like? Where do you draw the line? Hmm. I never thought about this question in that way, so thank you for actually bringing it up. <laughs> You're welcome. I think that regardless of your situation, of, you know, bigger click-through rates or bigger open rates, that's data. And that's data that you need to investigate and go into. Um, And also, hmm, well, in general, open rates are much higher than click-through rates. But we also have to kind of question that now because um, ever since the last year with iOS 14, the open rates world was kind of shaken. Um, the open rates are not quite as reliable as, as they were. And so, most of the shift or most of the pers uh, perspective or focus is actually now on different things like click-through rates, as you mentioned. I think that if you manage to increase your click-through rate, you're doing something right. You're actually delivering value and you're talking the language of your subscribers. That's, I would say, the goal nowadays. Incre increase those click-through rates and seeing how people can engage better with your email. So it can be click-through rates, um, it can be open rates. By the way, the, the overall industry um, standard for open rates is about 19-20% across all industries. Click-through rates can be anywhere between 1% to 5% even. If, if you reach anything more than that, you're golden. I mean, you're doing something right. Always asking for feedback from your list and subscribers as well would be very beneficial here to actually increase any of those rates. But if anything, I would highly advise you to not worry that much um, about the open rates and focus on other things like click-through rates, replies, um, conversion rates, if you're um, basically linking to any kind of sales page, for example, or product page. Those are what actually count. Yeah. Thank you so much for highlighting that because now this brings me to, I saved this question for last because a lot of people are thinking about this, especially when I hear people talking wisdom on Clubhouse and on other um, social audio apps. 
what is the best way and we talked you touched on it a little bit when it comes to the welcome welcome sequence but if we dive a little deeper what's the best way to sell a course or program or coaching or anything of that nature with emailing because people say you know give nine times ask once if that means give nine emails and nurture them and then ask once but sometimes people like to you know throw in those little things here book call with me in between and they may not see it because they are so drawn into the the copy that they forget there's a call to action so how best can someone sell a course or program or something of that nature that involves a conversion rate you know should you send should you have the link right in there in the email or should that link be where you're sending them to with like it's a blog and that's where they can access it what's the best way to do it for this shortest um step process you're going to hate my my answer uh-oh it depends <laughs> <laughs> no really um so i want to touch on a, a few things that you mentioned there that i have a few ideas i i really do hope that i would remember everything um, first, first and foremost, you you mentioned right there at the end of your question, what would be the the, quiz, the quickest and the easiest way to do something like this? First and foremost, please, for the love of pasta, try to shorten your funnel as much as possible. We've been through this horrible pandemic for the past two years. People have bought so many courses. People are tired of long funnels, so. Please don't refer me to like a webinar um, which is full of uh, bait and switch and don't refer me to a thousand things. Give me, you know, give me the harsh cold truth. Take care of your copy, obviously, um, make it effective, make it empathetic and ethical. But please, please shorten your funnel. No one cares about this anymore. The second thing that you mentioned that I remember is um, what happens to people who forget writing their calls to action in their email. If that's your problem, write your uh, call to action first and then the rest of the email, <laughs> <laughs> literally, because um, that's the most important thing, right? Um, but also don't overdo it as well. Um, I think I received the other day, I received this email with the same call to action with the same link and it repeated itself throughout the email maybe like eight times. I kid you not, it was way too much. I kind of thought, well, I want to unsubscribe from this list for a while now. This is the last straw. I guarantee you that I unsubscribed from this list right after seeing this email because this is way too much. Um, how to sell your course via emails. So the third thing that I wanted to mention here is that nowadays um, we copywriters and strategists, we talk more about uh, preparing your list to the launch way in advance. So nowadays the, the, the common practice I would say is to actually start nurturing and introducing your list to whichever launch you're about to share or about to uh, go on about 90 days before you actually open the cart um now i know it's a lot of it's a lot of text it's a lot of things that you need to prepare i mean you have the launch itself and the product itself um ask for help there's nothing wrong with that that's first Second of all, you don't have to do it 90 days in advance if that doesn't, you know, float your boat or anything like that. Really kind of 
try to think of again market as you would like to be marketed to if 90 days feels like way too much for your list test it out see what results does that bring maybe if you relaunch your course again in a few months or a year you can test a shorter pre-nurturing pre-launch um, kind of sequence it's all about again as we mentioned again and again it's your intuition but also driving value so if you are preparing your list and you are choosing this option of nurturing your list uh, in advance then send useful emails so it's not just you know oh i need to tick off the all the all of the boxes i need to send nine emails um no there's no formula your audience is unique to you so treat them as such and do the research and then see how you can drive value to them that they would actually benefit from and also how you can introduce them and expose them to what it is that you're about to launch in a way that will also benefit you you know mm, that was spot on thank you so much for highlighting that that helps a lot of people to factor in that they're communicating with human beings people people who have subscribed they didn't you didn't pay them to subscribe you know they literally took their time to say okay i want to be part of your network here's my email address and if you sell if the first email you send sending to them is sell or buy now they'll quickly unsubscribe because they have nothing to lose but you have something to lose which is your credibility so I believe that's a really good point that you've mentioned and I think a lot of people will take this ethical email marketing and copywriting tips seriously so that they can have a much better access point and not show up until Black Friday to start sending emails all over again. <laughs> yeah, please do appear on your subscribers inbox in other times other than Black Friday. Believe me, we don't want to see more emails that are trying to sell anything to us on Black Friday. It's becoming ridiculous. It is. It is. I know exactly what you mean. Some people unsubscribed on. That's when you actually realize, oh, I didn't unsubscribe. Here you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Yuval, for being here for spending the time with us and just being part of today's conversation because a lot of people feel much better now. That one I can tell because you really touched on a lot of things and giving real-time examples, especially how you sent an email and the person responded. So when they get that same feeling, they know, okay, she said it, he said it, it's working. We're not joking, it's facts. You can Google it, but at the end of the day, it boils down to what you want to say and how you want to represent yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. It was absolutely my pleasure and you know, I'm I'm I love sharing this knowledge and I, I hope it would help someone to actually make um, better, more conscious decisions when it comes to their email list. Definitely, definitely. If there's any way they can contact you, let's say they want to book a session with you or just pick your brain a little bit or just try to stay in contact with you even after the podcast, what are the options they have? So the best thing to do is actually to send me a message on Instagram um, at Ackerman Copywriting. Um, I believe it would be on the show notes as well. Um, but if you actually want to see me practicing what I preach, join my email list. Uh, you can join at ackermancopywriting.com forward slash subscribe. It's that easy. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to share all kinds of life lessons that I am 
learning and seeing each and every week. Um, yeah, and how I, I implement them in my own business and how you can implement it in yours too. So please join uh, the conversation. And yeah, I would love to hear from you. Definitely. Thank you so much, Yuval. I appreciate your time and I definitely look forward to bringing you back here so that we can talk more about email marketing, copywriting, and just being the best version of ourselves in 2022 going forward. Amazing. Anytime, anytime. All right. Talk to you soon.